0: To truly live what it is that you've written down and the way to truly embody that and to actually start living it is you have to master the frequency which is the gap between where you want to get to and where you are now right so you, where it is you want to get to has a, a frequency it has a money frequency it has a confidence frequency there's a certainty about it and the way to close the gap is to feel it and be it, and harmonize consciousness in this moment right now.
1: Welcome to the Soulful Sessions podcast with your host, Desiree Michelle. I am a holistic wellness practitioner, lifestyle, business, and empowerment coach, soulful entrepreneur, yoga teacher, and forever student of life. Each week on this podcast, I will be bringing you a guest or a message to support you in feeling empowered, embodied, and inspired, to connect more deeply to your own version of soulful living. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's dive in. Welcome to another Soulful Sessions episode. We have a very exciting and special guest today, Trey Williams. So Trey is a Himalayan breathwork facilitator, kundalini yoga teacher, and conscious creation mentor. He has guided many students through processes of conscious creation and getting more in touch with themselves and source. Trey has studied yoga in India and trained and spoken on stages internationally with Wim Hof. So without further ado, welcome here, Trey.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. I it's appreciate great to you. have you. Yeah, I really appreciate you having us here.
1: I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Um, so how are you today?
0: I'm good. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling great today, pretty expansive and yeah, it's great to be here to share this with you.
1: Beautiful. So we are in Trey's lovely home recording this episode, and he has just led me through a beautiful breathwork session to drop into our recording today. So we'll just start out with getting you to introduce yourself a bit more, Trey, and um, really touching on anything that I may have missed. Um, Who are you? What do you do? And how did you really get on this path that you are on today?
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's been a journey, that's for sure. You know, it's probably a journey I never thought I'd actually get on was one of being in the, the spiritual realm. But, uh, you know, it's something that I think started from, I think, a lot of pain. You know, I really mm-hmm. believe that things happen to us and it kind of sends us on a journey. And for me, it was, um, yeah, I think turning around a lot of health problems uh, when I was younger and then sort of finding, well, I guess, stumbling my way through and finding spirituality. Uh, and then, yeah, just... I just, once I got onto it, I, I got really hooked and I just, I just wanted to go deeper and learn everything that I could and kind of, you know, one step sort of appeared and the next step and then I found myself, I guess, getting better and then people noticed that I was getting better and then I just started turning into helping people and, and then I think that's when I really um, found my passion was to, I guess, yeah, help people and give that gift back as well.
1: That's so powerful. Honestly, I think so much of the time, the most beautiful lessons and experiences and opportunities really come from our own source of pain and turning that pain into purpose. And it sounds like you've really done that. So that is amazing. Um, can we get into that a little bit deeper and sort of talk about um, what was the main pain point that you think really was the line in the sand moment? That sparked you to try to find something that would help you and heal you.
0: Mm. Yeah, you know, it was. I I think the the dark night of the soul for me was a breakdown of a relationship. Mm. You know, I was I was in my early twenties and I, I knew I wasn't going well emotionally and, and 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 mentally. Like I had I had been overseas previous and and I had come back to Australia pretty sick you know I was really really sick I had um I had Lyme disease and I I sort of thought if I could well at the time if I get in a relationship that would save me Mm. if I could you know (laughs) if I could get in a relationship and you know the whole um dream of someone completing you and so I really felt and I was really invested and so invested that I proposed to this girl wow and it was it was an incredible moment because I realized how much power I had given over and then I realized if she wasn't in my life even in that day how insecure I felt and I was so in it that I I felt myself wanting to control everything and, and, I, and, and then the moment when you know we had a breakup and she, she walked out it was just such a, a dark moment for me, you know, I was here living on the Gold Coast and literally I was walking around the streets aimlessly, so upset, I, I couldn't cry, I thought my life was over and I, I never ever thought I could ever meet someone again, it's, that's how deep it sort of felt and so I, I didn't know a way out, um, but as nature has it, nature always wants us to grow and evolve and I came across a yoga class and I'll never forget, you know, it was, um, it was at a surf club here at Miami Surf Club and I I saw a big sign that said um, yoga find your power and claim your peace and I was like wow <clears throat> I, I've got to jump into that and so I did and you know you're in yoga class and at the very end I'd never done it before and the lady said sort of lay down on your back and put your, your palms up and and I did and the moment I lay down we've been doing all this breathing and stretching and then I lay down and I I just couldn't stop crying like wow. I felt so so much peace and and at one with myself and in that moment, when I was, was, it was like, yeah, it was sadness, but there was always this, there's something more than just me. Mm. And in that moment, <clears throat> I just vowed that I will, I'll, I'll keep trialing this, this, this method of peace and, and yoga and meditation. And so, you know, that really, that really saved me and that really put me on a path of wanting to uncover everything I could about um, spiritual, um, spirituality and, and, and also personal development. So, uh, but yeah, that was definitely uh, a real moment was, was uh, having someone, I guess, what felt like abandonment was to, mm. to walk out on me. Um, and I guess nature, yeah, it was, it's, it's a way of me finding myself.
1: Absolutely, that is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's so true, isn't it? Um, when we are faced with that sense of abandonment, I think it really triggers those inner child wounds for a lot of people. And it really forces us to look at who am I? What do I want out of life? Why am I here? And how can I create an existence for myself that feels good regardless of my external circumstances? And it sounds like you really had that journey from being in a place where you were looking for external happiness and someone else to save you, Mm. right? And then doing a complete 180, to now being in a place where you are able to really cultivate that inner peace through these methods that you found and then sharing that with other people is just so, so powerful. So I know that you do a bit of work around conscious relationships. And would you say that that started really from that pain point and knowing how horrible love can truly feel and Mm. wanting to, Um, show people and help people experience the other side of it?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, I think the value for me now is, you know, I always think that things that were avoid things that you haven't really done very well at become something (laughs) that you really value. And, you know, I I, I realized that a lot of my relationships weren't going so well. And I I knew that was because a lot of my health and and, and the mental side of things, Mm. you know, the anxiety and different things I was going through um and then i think like you say i like that there was that line in the sand i started to realize that wait up my relationships are, are, are really just an extension of the relationship that i've got with myself and so so it, powerful so i don't ever look at myself as like a relationship coach or anything like that i i it's more just a self-relationship um person that can actually just <laughs> give some sort of guidance about well how do you walk the mountain of self-love and self-worth and and self-esteem because my relationship with what had happened when i was younger there just wasn't a relationship and so i didn't know what self was and then mm-hmm. i realized this path of yoga means um of union it means to to know the self and so i realized that our level of consciousness can can never exceed the level of consciousness that we have ourselves. and that's that's around anything that's relationship with someone else it's your business it's money and everything uh, in the universe is in relationship with each other so if we get ourselves right then we create a frequency and then the universe has to start matching that frequency that you're creating and so yeah I, I do i get very passionate to help people to become a manifester from the inside out so their reality starts to change so what they see changes how they judge changes cuz you know I used to judge myself so much and it's still a work in progress like every day it's something mm. you know it's like it's it's like sweeping the house it's something that we are consistently doing is is sweeping it's sweeping uh, and and then the beautiful thing is it's something magic where not only yourself but say clients start saying hey things are reflecting differently mm. you know so yeah definitely um, relationships is something I'm very very passionate about um, but it definitely has to start with us. And and you know, for me, to, when I used to jump into relationships for them to save me, uh, pretty quickly I realized it doesn't work.
2: Mm,
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: it doesn't work. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you know what's so interesting is I resonate with a lot of what you said. Um, I think in many ways, you and I are walking similar paths and I hear you on the front of really having to look at yourself and realizing that everything in your life is just a reflection of where you're at with yourself. And when you make that realization, it truly is the most powerful thing. Um, That is what a lot of my work is focused on as well, is helping people get closer to their personal truth and themselves and um, relationship is also something I'm very, very passionate about. And I think that Mm. comes from having some not so fun experiences in that, um, you know, realm. (laughs) So I definitely hear you there. And I'd love to just ask you, um, I know that your life looks so much different now. Everything from being in a beautiful, conscious partnership with Emily and being able to even go into business with her and create some really magical experiences for people um, within your relationship, as well as manifesting you know, a multiple six-figure business and um, so much abundance in your life, just in so many different areas. And that's definitely something that I can see you've been on a journey with. It hasn't happened overnight. And it's something where, you know, I hope you're so proud of yourself because it's really, truly um, inspiring for a lot of people, I think. So I'd love to ask you, What do you think is the number one thing that has helped you move forward on your path and really manifest all of your dreams? Of course, it has to do with working on that relationship with yourself. But more specifically, what does that involve, would you say?
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I I think probably the biggest thing for me was to create a new version of myself, which was to, to... create a space where I could um, I guess in a way be in a new quantum where that could actually start to happen Mm -hmm. so I had to create um, yeah I remember the day I did it you know I specifically was I was I was in this business um, I had I had left the corporate world where I had been working for 10 years which I, I took this job for security because I had my son and you know I just felt like that was the thing I had to do but the job that I was in was actually helping speakers come on into hotels and get them onto stages And i remember looking at these people going oh i had you know a lot of the the yoga behind me and spirituality and but i i didn't know what to do with it and i knew the missing piece was was me Mm. like a lot of people have have knowledge and have experience but when i think you start stepping into a new story and you start really owning um who you are and you start creating that new story almost like an I am and that that, that's how I show up and that's who I am Um, like but the thing is it it kind of has a twin brother and that is the relationship right and so for instance if we talk about abundance I had to create a new relationship of what money was and then I had to create a new story of who I was with that piece Mm, of energy
1: absolutely and
0: so then you know same with now I, I create an energy around well who am I what what is universe what is what is God and who am I around that and so yeah I just started um talking to myself differently I started writing out new stories about like who I am you know something I love doing and I I get clients to do what's called like a life write, is where you kind of like write out a story um you know where you're the lead character and it's as if it's already happening you know because we're, we're always manifesting and it just depends on which way we're manifesting right mm. so i think the big thing was definitely just stepping into the shoes of um, a new person and but all the while um, connecting deeper and deeper to source to, to consciousness mm. because i found that the big thing was not only you know you've got to have a story but you've got to have this thread this connection to all that is otherwise you're this separate sort of entity and so i think the practice was really develop this this consciousness like develop this this deep deep connection to what is and we're in a body so we're gonna have to have a personality <laughs> like, so why not create something that's really really powerful yeah so now you have source coming through the new personality and then you create a new reality
1: that's powerful
0: and so when that started to shift i was like wow because everything comes back to your certainty, right? Like the universe works on, on certainty and, and then all of a sudden, yeah, okay, people would love to work with you or people want to, um, you know, to do business with you or people want to, to learn from you. And so it was definitely a piece was to, um, to really take that leadership, that self-leadership mm. and really put a stake in the ground and say, no, no longer, I can't keep playing little Trey. Like, you know, that version's over now. Like, literally, like, who do you want to become? And I just, that big question that we all ask ourselves. you know, is like, you know, if there was no fear, what would we be doing? Mm -hmm. Like, What would our life look like (laughs) if there was no fear and if we could literally do anything? And I think, yeah, I just had to really ponder that. Um, And then, yeah, I think things started to shift from that moment.
1: Thank you, that's so powerful. And I really hear you with that. I think the two main, Elements that I'd like to point out of what you just said, if I had to summarize it, it would be really learning to embody. Actually, no. First of all, getting really clear on who is it that I want to be if I am free of my limiting beliefs, and that's something that you know I think both of us work on with our clients. Um, but then I think the embodiment piece of that is where it can get really tricky for people because it's very easy to look at a piece of paper and write out, okay, these are my limiting beliefs. And if they didn't exist, this is my ideal version of me. This is who I would be. This is how I would carry myself. This is what I would have in my life. Um, but I'd love to dive in with you about some of the daily practices that you started to incorporate to actually bridge that gap. Mm. Because I think it's really easy to have this idea in our heads of where we want to be in life and who we'd like to be but when we are struggling particularly with maybe mental health or with um, a reality that doesn't match what we're trying to manifest it can be almost a sense of cognitive dissonance right where you feel you know i have this idea of where i'm headed but my reality is not matching that so how do i move myself out of this space where things feel sticky into this embodiment so that I can become a magnet to what I'm looking to attract.
0: Mm, yeah. So what are
1: some of the tools that you implemented to bridge the gap?
0: <clears throat> yeah, well, that's a, it's a really powerful piece because, you know, I think embodiment is something um, that it really is. It's the bridge, it's, it's the missing piece. And it really comes to back to, you know, your rituals and and really doing all the things that you're talking about and and that that's a practice and that's like it's a real artwork is to to be showing up and to do the pieces they're going to help you to be really grounded you know embody I meaning you are deeply deeply like rooted in your body connected to the earth um and the embodiment too I see the pieces to embody the two energies that we all have right is this the masculine and the feminine because true embodiment to me is not you know kind of like running off and you've got all your goals and you just run off and you've got like a to-do list and you just say, <laughs> and you just tick it right yeah um and then it's not also just being super just in the the feminine where it's like yeah you know, it'll just happen and mm. you know which is which is a beautiful but when the two pieces come together that i believe is the true embodiment and so my practices are, are always the dance between the masculine and the feminine and so You know, I mean, just what does a day look like for me? It's, uh, well, it's anything that's definitely going to affect my nervous system Mm. because that is how we control um, our destiny. So if we don't have mastery over our nervous system um, and if we don't know how to override the nervous system, then we're always going to be on a default mechanism, right? We're always going to be back in our patterns. We're going to be back in our past. So to truly live what it is that you've written down, And the way to truly embody that and to actually start living it is you have to master the frequency which is the gap between where you want to get to and where you are now right so where it is you want to get to has a, a frequency it has a money frequency it has a confidence frequency there's a certainty about it and the way to close the gap is to feel it and be it and harmonize consciousness in this moment right now and the way to do it is you've got to start choosing some practices that bring you deep into your body flush out the issues in the tissues (laughs) override some of the limiting beliefs and stories and so for me you know a huge one has been breath work um we we were talking about it you know before this it's breath work has been so huge for me but what also sits under that is, is is meditation see meditation is the way to really connect in to consciousness. It's a way to access the infinite field of intelligence. And it's the way where, you know, when the stories do come up, we can get past all the limiting stories and we can just get straight in to the now. And then I do a lot of um, visualization. I call it quantum visualizing, okay, where we actually step in. And so for me, it's, you know, it's a lot of breath work. Uh, Meditation is huge. I move like to to move the body Um, and then with that story it's really embodying the story and so for me you know I talk a lot about the confidence loop you know so a lot of people are trying to get confidence and they they read the story they want to have confidence and then they can't work out what's happening but the confidence loop is something where it's like a circle it's like you're standing at the top of a circle and you're never gonna have confidence and you're never just gonna have embodiment you have to you move around the circle piece by piece by piece you know and so the more pieces you go around the circle eventually you get evidence mm. okay? and evidence is what i call intuition see intuition is really just a series of things that have happened and it's happened so many times that you then go oh, intuitively i know that but it's a whole bunch of things that have given evidence following a feeling is different that's the unknown that's the infinite field But evidence and intuition are very similar. So when we get hundreds and hundreds of moments where we say, I'm in, yes, I'm going to do that because that's a part of who I'm becoming, Mm. then what happens is you get so many pieces of evidence which feels like intuition and and then what happens is all of a sudden you feel more embodied, right? And so the embodiment is a dance. It's a dance between the energies of the masculine and feminine. And, and how to truly really connect in. So you've, it, I just, I say to people, you've really got to find what works for you. Like find the embodiment practices, but, but really focus on doing the work. And the work sometimes it's not easy. Like you have to face your shit. Like you have to look at the, the inner child. You have to look at what, what's holding you back. And you've got to find ways to continuously sweep it out, right? It's like having a backpack on. Like if you have a really (laughs) heavy backpack, it's just going to get really tiring. And so we're just continuously sweeping out, continuously connecting in, continuously focus on who I want to become, and we start mastering the frequency. And the universe starts giving a different response. Mm. And so embodiment is it's work. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't want to do the work, but I think for me, it was a lot of pain. Like I had to do the work mm. and if I didn't, and right now, if I don't do the work, you know, I'm probably not the nicest person to be hanging out with mm. because, because, you know, it's like the work is really tuning into who we really are. Absolutely. And, we, and so we start coming out of the patterns and we start dropping in um, to our true birthright.
1: Wow, there's so much there that I would love to unpack. <laughs> so many times in that um, that experience where I just had full body chills because I knew you were speaking absolute truth. So some of you who are listening might even want to go back and re-listen to that little section because, wow, that was just gold. Um, I guess we'll start with touching on the piece of how doing the work really does bring you closer to your truth and your birthright. And to me, what that is, is pure love consciousness. And I think um, it's really interesting where you said, you know, if I'm not doing the work, I'm probably not the nicest person to hang out with. And I think this is where a lot of people can get into an illusion that feeds into their lack of self-worth, their lack of confidence, And it is that confidence loop, right? Because if you're not doing the work, you're probably going to be feeling irritable. And by the way, for anyone listening, when we talk about the work, um, that's really just doing the inner work to strip away these layers of conditioning that are keeping you from your truth and so for everyone this looks different for some people it's breath work and meditation for some people it's journaling and hiking Um, you know you need to find what works for you and I think this is another piece of what Trey was just talking about is you know if it's just a list and we're just living in that masculine and we just feel like we have this to-do list, we will not embody it. We will not actually take on this um, shift in our visceral system, in our nervous system. So we really need to find what works for us. But coming back um, from that little side tangent, um, it's so interesting with this confidence loop, right? Because so much of the time, if we aren't doing the work and we are feeling ourselves getting irritable, or we're feeling ourselves being reactive or angry, um, which is human. It's very normal to have these experiences. But life starts to react to us negatively. And in psychology, there's a theory called the looking glass self theory, which talks about how we learn about who we are based on the way that other people treat us. So If we're not doing the work and we're just reacting to everything and people are treating us in a way that is reflecting our um, lack of consciousness, right? And our irritability and our anger and all of this, then that will negatively contribute to our sense of self-worth and our confidence, which then just becomes a vicious cycle, right? So I think Mm. that really a huge takeaway from this is You know, when I think back to when I was just getting started on my path, and I'm sure I can imagine it might be similar for you, Trey, you don't always um, understand the importance of doing the work, and it doesn't always feel fun, but you get these little niggling feelings that, you know, it's making a difference, and it does feel difficult sometimes to hold yourself accountable and to do it because you're not embodying that sense of, alignment yet so it feels like a chore in a sense but that's where you kind of just have to get up every day and say you know one step closer i'm going to keep keep on keeping on i'm going to do the practices i'm going to um, do the visualizations you know and Mm. bit by bit we start to receive that feedback from the universe and then people are treating us differently we're experiencing different um, opportunities, and that's where we can start to really take that on and embody it. So, um, I guess what I'd want to ask you is, when you think back to the very beginning of your journey and you were in that place where doing the work felt really hard, what was something that kept you accountable and kept you going? Was it just that reward of how you noticed you felt a difference when you did it or, What did you do on hard days when you didn't want to do the work?
0: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you you do start to fall in love with your life a lot more and you start living from a place of, say, values. And I, I think that, you know, we're talking to a lot of people that obviously the reason they're listening even in the first place is Because they actually have a value system that stacks up, where they want to know more about this information because it's becoming a higher value. Mm. And so I find that it's um, it's it's different than sort of like you know. um, I think it's one of those things where, because of what you've been through, there's obviously there's there's pain, right? Like you, you don't want to keep having to go around in circles with that pain. Then the other piece is there's this, this future that you'd love to, to move into. So I think when it comes to not so much motivation, because then you need a motive for mm. your action, right? It's like you're always looking for something a, like, a, like a motive. Um, but I believe that this piece comes from really feeling in as to what excites you, you know? So you might feel in creatively that there's things you want to do. You could be an athlete, and so there's some excitement about being an athlete. You wanna write a book, you'd like to start a business, or maybe you'd like to have children. And I think even if you just start feeling in and you start knowing, well cool, there's a real purpose, there's a why, there's a why behind why I want to do something. And then you start realizing, well cool, if I do this thing, then what will it give me? How will it make me feel? And what does it do for my higher values? And then you start realizing, well, they're pieces that help me with my value system. And as it starts helping the value system, you don't need so much motivation. Like it's just something that just naturally starts to happen. Mm. But if you're sort of new at it, I think it's just, just pausing for a moment, just, just having the awareness and saying, why do I want to meditate? Or, you know, in, in say my case, say just working with men, like, well, why do I want to do this breath work? You know, why, what's it going to do for me? And then you start stacking up all the reasons how it's going to help you to live your higher values, Mm. you know. And I get clients to write out sometimes 200, 300, 500 reasons why meditation, yoga, daily rituals is going to help them to live their higher value of being whatever it is, okay. And then the nervous system starts reacting to that, right. And so it's not like they have to wake up and they need this motivation. They just seamlessly just start sliding deeper mm. and deeper into rituals and then they realize well what they don't want as well like they don't want they don't want to and for me i guess a lot of it at the start was that just the difference between when i did it and didn't was just huge you know? yeah like i was i was out of control i was like i was like a monster and i was doing a lot of you know silly things as you do when you're super unconscious and I think the Gold Coast is a pretty cool place to be super at, <laughs> at times. Yeah. And so I started to, you know, and then I started to realize, like, how great it would feel was to actually come back into alignment. Mm. And so I think that, yeah, when you really stop and pause, awareness is massive. Like, just straight away, cool. Two ways it could go. Why do I want to do it? Like, what's it going to do for me? And start really feeling into that energy. That energy is always going to carry you Mm. all the time, you know. And then you start realizing that you're living your life by higher values. And if you're living your life by higher values, then you get up earlier. You stay up later. And you're passionate. And you Mm. want to do it. And you you don't need a lot of motivation. And so I think it's, um, you know, we're already talking to a lot of people that are are kind of in that pause.
1: Absolutely. if, If they're
0: out there right now listening they're listening for a reason because mm. they 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 like the, the title of the speech or well, they're obviously hugging up to you as an amazing coach and they want to know more. You're obviously helping them with some information that's sort of starting to, 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 to feed into their life. And so, you know, I really commend people that are listening because they're here for a reason and they know that they're here for something really big and they have a they have they have a purpose and they, they, they know that when they get to the end of their time Did they live all of those days wisely? Mm. And so right now, this pause is literally, it's a pause about their purpose. This is something big for people. And then when you start realizing that you connect deep into consciousness through your rituals and your practices, and that is what affects your surroundings, and that is what helps you to manifest and align with the frequency of where you want to become, and then that becomes infinite abundance, and then you start tapping in and realizing that, holy shit, every time I expand, I get stuck but that turns into growth, mm. then you start realizing it's no different than going to a gym, right?
1: Absolutely. Like you lift
0: the weight, all of a sudden, your muscle has to tear. Like yeah. it literally has to tear and you feel like you're going backwards to then get stronger. Mm. And so <clears throat> a lot of it comes back to pausing and then taking the courage. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, like having the courage to to really start claiming like who you really are as a person and, and, and why you're here. And then I think the rituals just, Yeah, they become something that's just a very natural um, flow. Absolutely,
1: I I would definitely agree with that. And I think, um, you know, there's always a journey with it. And as you move forward in your path, you notice times where maybe it feels more difficult to implement the rituals, and times where it feels effortless. And I think that really all does Mm -hmm. come back down to alignment and just having that awareness of okay, what in my life is aligning with my highest values? And I think that's where it becomes really important to start asking yourself those questions of, what are my core values? What is my why? Mm. Why am I listening to this podcast right now? Why am I hungry for this information? Um, and I think there is always a deeper reason and a deeper purpose there. And the other thing I'm hearing you talk about is how we sort of have two motivators for any sort of change we're making in our lives. And that's either pleasure or pain is how I'd sum it up. So for some people, I think they do get to that place like what you're talking about, where, you know, you just have such a high pain threshold in your life where it's becoming unbearable and you know you have to do something about it. And then the other thing I see a lot of the time is, People who are maybe not in that space, but they're more so being motivated by pleasure and being in a place where they're really seeking that abundance and seeking that, you know, greatest life available to them, their greatest potential. Um, So those, I think, are really the two motivators. But then when we talk about motivation, I think that is really, in a sense, a feeling that doesn't, um, that isn't really sustainable as a driving factor behind our decisions. It has to be more than just a feeling of motivation. It has to be rooted in our sense of higher values, like what you were talking about. So something I'd love to um, dive Mm. a little bit deeper into and unpack just with what you were talking about before is really that piece of um, intuition versus following a feeling. Mm. And I loved what you were saying about how intuition is... What was it? I think I'm going to butcher this if I try and repeat it. (laughs) Something about Mm -hmm. how intuition is um, evidence that's been repeated. And then you have feeling, which you categorize as something different. And that's so interesting to me because I had never actually thought about it that way before. I had always thought about intuition as being our connection to source and consciousness. And, um, you know, I'm quite spiritual in the sense that I think that our souls are all here (laughs) for a reason. We are all here to learn something. And we all have this blueprint deep down in our knowing of what we're here to learn. So I've always looked at intuition as our connection to consciousness and little hints and clues that if we choose to listen to them, Will take us on the path of least resistance, the path of most joy, the path of most fulfillment. Um, but it sounds like you are defining this differently, and I'd love to unpack a little bit about your definition of it and how you see all of that fitting together.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, first I'll preframe it like as in, you know, th- there's never a right or wrong like with any of it. It's Agreed. Just, it's just something that you know. You you've really gotta follow and do like what work what works for you, mm. you know. And so, for me, like you know, when I get downloads, it's it's like it's a feeling, right? mm. I don't have a need for the thing that's a download. Right? I always say to people, you can have anything you want as long as you don't need it, mm-hmm. <laughs> because the thing is, like when we go for our goals, and, and hey, I, I've been, I've been a master of this in the past where I go for gold because. I think it's going to complete me or I think that it's something um, that I've got to have so it makes me better or something Mm. but I think when we create a vision or you know our um, intentions it's a really beautiful piece to know that you can set them but you don't need it or you can set it and it can't make you any happier right and when you get to that place then you tap into the infinite field of reality which is where everything already is, and it's already there and available, like it's already existing right now. But the moment we come back into duality, right? Which is, um, you know, good or bad, or if I if I get it or I don't. But when we enter the field, feeling, it, it's love, it, it's space, it doesn't have a need. You know, when I say I have a son, and like I was saying, he he loves remote-controlled plants and he wants to be a pilot. And if you say to any young kid, you say, okay, cool, Skylar, you know, what, what's it about aviation? Why do you want to be a pilot? Oh, well, it's because I love it.
2: <laughs>
0: there's no other reason. Yeah, He's not doing it for a reason, you know, but I know in the industry and you know, I was there myself. Why did I want to be a coach? Well, and, you know, there's the saying about the broken healer and I can put my hand up because I've been in many of those places where, yeah, I like to be heard or I like it if I get compliments back from... Clients, Or or if I'm speaking, oh, I like the feedback, right?
1: It's the ego. It's the
0: the part of the ego that needs validation, right? Which is the inner child, the abandonment thing. Mm. But when we get to a place where we don't need anything, and we get to that place where we already um, are it, then we don't need to control anything. The Mm. only reason we try and control something is because we think we're separate from it. Okay, and so the moment we kind of put that grip on it, and we try and we that thing it it is different. We need it to change, whatever it is. Is because we feel so separate from it. Mm. But like my hand is here, right? I'm not. I don't try and control my hand because my hand is a part of me. So when we feel at one with anything, why would we have the need to control it? Mm. And so the feeling is something that shoots through us. And sometimes the alignment as a, um, a coach or a healer or speaker, we might not like what's coming through. You know, it could be like, that's all right. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you know those moments where yeah. you're like, cool, you're going to run a program and you're going to, whatever you might have to go on stage and speak in front of 500 people. And you're like, oh, universe, really, is that what you want me to do? Right? Yeah. And that's a feeling that you can't control it has come through you because something bigger than you okay so in, in yoga we talk about the ego the ahamkara mm. you know which blocks everything but for you you're tapping into a, a feeling and just my feeling is intuition is a beautiful thing we all have it it's that feeling where you know there it goes same feeling but there's a slight difference it's like that knowing where you go down a dark alley in the night time and something says Maybe you've been down there before or you've heard it on the news or you've mm. heard someone say something. And all of a sudden in that moment, thousands of scenarios play out. And in that moment, there's just that knowing, okay, I need to remove myself from this alley. Mm. All right? And so it's kind of like that intuitive feeling, it's like that, that gut knowing that, okay, that's probably not the right thing. And it's very, very similar to a feeling. But the feeling I find comes through on a deeper download when you're super connected to source, you're really in that meditation. And then all of a sudden, it's just... It's not, it's not, it's like, it's like that sixth sense. It just something comes mm. through and it's like, that's the program I've got to do. Or, you know, for me, many years ago, it was like, I have to go to America. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I just have to go there. And that piece um, is, you know, what I could say to people is following a feeling for no reason, following a feeling because you love to do it. And what happens is the reverse of, say, goals is where you're setting it because you don't think you have it and you're trying to get there because you lack it and then you're trying to do it. I say come back in and do what excites you because what excites yes. you is a feeling that <laughs> as you follow that excitement, that is a trail of your soul. That is a mm. lighthouse which is saying go, go, go. And there's going to be a moment where you think you don't have enough, you don't think you're good enough, you don't have. You maybe lack the talent or the resources, but the truth is you you don't mm. because the universe or oh God would never ever 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 give you a feeling or an excitement for something that you don't have already and, then, Absolutely. and so you won't need to control it all you have to do is follow it but to follow it you have to create space and so then when you try and do your goals and you try and get motivated and you try and do all this stuff there's no space so the universe needs space for it to move into and so when that starts when you know you've got space e.g daily rituals meditation whatever it is clearing things out empty the backpack when you've got space and there's a feeling and excitement you just have to follow the next step
2: Mm, absolutely
0: and so so it is it's a fine balance between following feelings and intuition i guess my thought sometimes is that intuition is yes sometimes around a lot that of things that we've of evidence that we've seen either way they're both beautiful
1: mm, agreed yeah. and so much of what you just talked about is um, you know really lessons that I had to walk through personally as well and I think that mm. when you're on a path of entrepreneurship so to speak so much of the time you are figuring things out for yourself there's not really like this map or blueprint of how to <laughs> do it and I think Almost as a byproduct of that, you naturally become so much more aware of your feelings, your intuition, your feedback from the universe, your um, how important it is to create space. And you notice where there's resistance. And so much of the time when you have this set plan that you're trying to control, that's where the resistance really comes up. But then when you just allow yourself to drop in and follow those urges and you trust that you only receive urges Mm. to do something when you are ready to do it when you're ready to create it and bring it into existence and hold the space for others or do the healing work or create the workshop or the program or whatever it is you know deep down that even if you experience limiting beliefs or even if you have those moments of fear and doubt that's nothing other than the ego trying to keep you safe And deep down, you have that knowing, that feeling that you have all the resources within to bring it to life. And I really love what you were saying Mm. with all of that. Um, I definitely resonate. And I have a bit of an esoteric question for you. So when you say with the intuition, we may have experienced... Um, you know, thousands of pieces of evidence to prove something to ourselves. And this is why we have this strong knowing that it exists or that it's the right path to take or we need to avoid a certain situation. Would you include within that experience, maybe even in past lifetimes, we may have experienced something before and that can contribute to our sense of intuition today? Or how deep would you go in the sense of, you know, past lives? Is that something that you believe in? Where do you stand in the sense of these other lifetimes or other timelines influencing our sense of connection to source and our intuition?
0: Oh, yeah, I like it. That's a really, a really good question. You know, um, my teacher Anand Marotra, who's in the Himalayas, is a beautiful, beautiful master over there. You know, he always says that there's only ever one moment in time right there's just the one moment in time and all moments only can ever pass through this moment right now and so if we were to meet up again say at the end of the year it's still just this moment again
2: Mm.
0: and then if we were to meet up a year later well, it's still the moment again so there's only this one moment in time but you know i i feel that it's such a deep level and that's definitely a practice right and like you know we're we're students we're students of consciousness like we're always Connecting in, unless we're enlightened or you know, we're here in this body, we have a mind, we have the ego, the ahamkara, and we always have that. And you know, I think our role is just to keep developing our consciousness. But in terms of, and, and he always talks about it as a dance, you know, like we're in this world right now that appears real, but, but is it real? You know, like it's there's so many different facets to it. There's if we're multi dimensional beings, and there's so many different dimensions. So, then obviously, we've lived past lives as well. So, he says you've got to live in this moment as if everything around you is real. Mm. So, physically, it's real. Okay, there is money. You have a business. We're here. We, we love to, to meditate or go surfing, you know, or to, to make love. We're, we're here. And he says, treat it so real and treat it with everything you have. But also at the same time, know there's only that one moment that exists and all we can do is connect to one moment of consciousness. Mm. And so within that piece, then we also have been here and had, you know, I, I believe, once again, it's no one is right or wrong. Like, no one, no one is right or wrong. And we can only ever express what we believe. But uh, just from working with so many people and also some of the challenges that I had faced, you know, I have felt like, you know, there has been past lives and you know, when I first got into this piece, I did a lot of mindset coaching, so mm. like NLP. So I would go back and talk about, you know, I would ask people like, "Is this feeling that you've got right now, is it from, is it from this lifetime, is it from birth, or is it from a past life?" And when they ask the feeling or intuition, whichever way you want to call it, many times they'll go, <clears throat> "Yeah, it's from the past." Mm. So then the next question is, "Well, how many lifetimes ago?" they like, say seven. And in that moment, they truly have a feeling. And I say, and even though that feeling is existing right here in this moment, it's filtered through from, from other lifetimes. Mm. But if there's one moment in time that exists, there's also one moment in time that once you have awareness of that moment, then you have the ability to transcend that. Because there's only one moment that exists. Mm. If you're aware of something compared to not being aware of it, then you can let it go. But Absolutely. you can't let go of something that you don't know exists. So I like to go back in myself or with clients and just be find out well, okay, well, where did it what what's the feeling? You know, and then and then just sort of help them to 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 move through that, you know. I've definitely felt stuck in so many areas of life that I think have been um from past lives. And I think mm. it's just you know it's like <clears throat> it's it's definitely having the awareness. Um and I think also a lot of stuff from past life comes through in terms of like your purpose, you know. Yes. <laughs> you know, like there's, um, you know, some interesting stories that are, that I've seen. Um, some amazing videos I've seen. I remember seeing one boy on a video, and it was interesting because to was doing being aviation. But this boy had, um, you know, he he remembered everything from his past life about, you know, being a, a fighter pilot, and and you know he had some horrible dreams and. And so his family thought, well, let's solve it. So they actually took him over to I think wherever it was, and you know he got to relive everything. And he all the old people that were a part of that scene came, and he knew their faces, he knew who they were, and he knew exactly what had happened, you know. And so I think there's a lot of evidence now that that is supporting mm. that that these people come through. And and the kids these days, they're so awake, they're so, you know, I think of my son and. And I, I feel so much of his history is coming mm. through who he is now. They're so, wow. they're so advanced. And I think that these, these kids are, they have so much to teach us. Yes. You know, it's like an iPhone. You know, it's like you have, um, <clears throat> you know, this is an older iPhone, and <laughs> there's probably two more models up. And so, as humans, the new generation are the new iPhone they're a a new evolution of the iphone Mm. and then his children will be another evolution again but i believe what comes through is some old energetics about um, past lives and and then the thing i love about rituals which is awareness is the ability to have awareness of what's the feeling what's the limitation would i like to let it go and if i can let it go who can i become Mm. and so what's that that's sort of holding me back so yeah i think it is a it's a powerful piece um and it's 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 a piece it's an a it's an a, a piece of it but yeah definitely it's an area um that we can transcend and get unblocked and and yeah really move on to what our real divine assignment is mm, so, absolutely so, so all pieces can come online for us mm,
1: absolutely thank you for that that was really in depth i appreciate what you shared and um It's interesting how you say at the beginning of your career, you started out with a lot of mindset work and NLP, and that's really where I've been finding myself lately in my career, um, doing that timeline therapy and somatic therapy with people, and it always blows my mind how people just seem to be so in touch with their subconscious mind and this knowing or this feeling that we talk about, even if they are not quote-unquote spiritual or conscious or actively trying to be a part of that aspect of life. I mean, I think you do have to have some level of interest in it to explore something like NLP and decide, yes, I'm going to hire this NLP practitioner. But it's so interesting because this is really the area that um, I sort of felt like was a missing piece when I studied psychology was really diving into the subconscious mind and the power of that and um i think that's this really ties us back together with what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode about how it's really all about mastering your autonomic nervous system your energy your um yeah just really what you are embodying on a visceral level and when you can do that that's where you can make true changes in your life. And I really think that we store so much emotion in our fascia. There's so much more research now that supports this. Um, And practices like breath work or yin yoga or um, NLP, it can really help us tap into these parts of ourselves that go way beyond the conscious mind and really bring a sense of healing um, to people which is so powerful and I love what you said about how every generation seems to be like a new upgrade um, and I think that's so true it's it's really beautiful to see um, how humanity is progressing in that way and I love that this is even something that we can talk about you know on a podcast that can be listened to by hundreds mm. hopefully thousands someday of people Um, And how this is something that's not so taboo the way it used to be to talk about. So I think that's Mm. really beautiful to be able to acknowledge that. And I'd love to just shift gears a little bit um, and just dive into some of the experiences you've had with Lyme disease, because I know that um, a lot of people who may be listening have had different experiences with either Lyme or um some sort of autoimmune condition um various types of illness that tend to be a little bit misunderstood and also i think can be powerfully approached from a holistic perspective so i'd love to just ask you um, a little bit about that and sort of dive into you know what were the biggest pain points you experienced on your health journey and what were some of the things that you were able to do to remedy those
0: mm. yeah you know i i really like we were talking about relationships before i think you know the lyme disease was definitely i think one of the the contributing factors as to how well i was going emotionally and, and showing up with my relationship but other relationships and so yeah i was i was pretty young like i was only about 18 uh, when I went to America mm. and you guys have these summer camps you know, <laughs> up, yep. and down the, <laughs> up and down the states and you know I was pretty young and I was it was funny I was given a, a small camp in a place called Rhode Island which um is like north of New York there and yeah I was sort of at a lake and you know I was sort of teaching swimming and doing things and then one day um yeah I just had this uh, big ring around my tummy, like a big red ring with a little dot in the middle and I didn't really know what it was. And when the nurse saw that straight away, she's like, oh, that's, you've been bitten by a tick. And then I got really sick, you know, really, really sick. And it was pretty challenging being in a foreign country and being pretty young and having left my, you know, my girlfriend, my family and everything. And yeah, I was really sick for quite a few days. Like it was, you know, I mean, I'd had glandular fever in Australia, that's that's pretty it's pretty big, and I'd had you know many sort of illnesses, but man, this was something i would never i would never experienced before. I, I was literally in a fetal position, thought I was dying, and mm. I got to the hospital, and luckily um, in North America, North America it's, uh, there's more awareness about it. So I, I, fortunate enough, was given the medication for whatever Lyme disease was, which was I guess really lucky um, to have been given that, because a lot of people don't get that and so i'm so grateful that i didn't just overcome and then just come back to australia because in australia it's not recognized hardly at all so yeah i got the medication and coming back to australia I, i noticed some things had really um had changed as in mentally i had huge brain fog um and really really low energy so chronic fatigue was yeah you know i was sleeping a lot um but I couldn't comprehend things very well. I, my understanding really dropped. And um, yeah, my immune system, I was getting sick all the time. And so I didn't really know what to do. No one spoke about it here in this country. And I, back then there was no internet to, to really have any understanding or there was no support groups or anything. So I just got on life. But for me, life was like a big, um, yeah, a big dark cloud of just depression, um, social anxiety. I remember I, many times where I wanted to go to the shopping center up here and yeah I actually couldn't, I actually couldn't enter the shopping center. I, I used to get a funny feeling of like this, this claustrophobia would come over me or I didn't want anyone to see me and it it really it was really debilitating and, and, and that was at the same time this relationship went backwards and then I, I found spirituality and I really had to like create a way that I could somehow move with Lyme disease And it's probably only something... It's been a moving journey for me, you know. It's been over a 20-year journey to to try and find things that could help and, um, you know, give me energy and live a a normal life and to what I like to say is thriving, which is... uh, It's always... um, It's a moving piece. But, yeah, it definitely... um, It it really changed my life. And I think, you know, the big thing I realised that I've got out of it is... You know whatever you're going through you, your deepest challenges always become your greatest allies mm. and you know i do believe that we you know we're here to turn the, these pain and, and into some some purpose and i think that was the light that could keep me going was somehow i had done some personal development and i started to realize a little bit about the mind and a little bit about co-creating and a little bit about universal god i didn't know a lot i was very, very new at it, but I, I, I always had hope, and I think the big thing, you know, I remember um, a speaker on stage once many years ago said, um, you know, life is happening for you, not to you, and that was the, that was the piece of light that kept me going, was to know that shit, maybe I've attracted this, maybe this is what universe, maybe this is what God's assignment is, is for me. To have to somehow overcome this illness overcome my brain overcome depression and start to thrive and, and, and maybe like help other people mm. but it's yeah it's been a huge journey it's it's a moving piece uh, and I definitely had to try and find some ways to, to get around it because it's been it has been very very challenging mm,
1: absolutely thank you for sharing that yeah um, so I'm curious, is the mental health aspect of things really the most difficult part of having Lyme disease? Or would you say it's more the physical and the fatigue and any other physical ailments? What's really the thing that is um, present today most for you in your life?
0: I think the thing that's, that's there is um, it can be fatigue but luckily I found particularly, you know, ways which we can talk about in a moment to be able to overcome that. And it, because there's so many moving pieces to this, but depression can be one that you can fall into if, and every I'm sure everyone has such a different experience of Lyme disease. You know, like I said, I've had to take a real holistic view on this. There were times where I, I had gone on some medication for depression. I had seen a psychiatrist um, had been given tablets multiple times and i'd take that one tablet and i'd just something would go no 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 you can't that's that's not the right way so i had to take mm. a holistic approach so i just went down a pathway of curiosity and i would suggest this to anyone that's going through a debilitating um, disease or problem is to know that life is happening for you and to go with a super curious mind and i went i went really i guess i went a lot deeper and i was like i realized well mind-body-spirit connection. If I'm not my body, then what am I? And so it's only when I'm really stuck in the body and I'm really stuck in this nervous system and I have no awareness about my nervous system, I don't know how to master it, now I'm stuck. And then I realized every time I came out into God consciousness and I realized that my body is a part of it, but hey, can we master the spiritual? Can we master these other areas? And when you take the holist approach, um, then the world opens. And mm-hmm. because you're so curious, the moment you're curious and you shift, there's two questions, right? One's going to send you back. One's going to take you forwards. The one is, well, why did this happen? Okay. So why is not really a great question. It can be if you put it in a different way. But <laughs> you know, like there's definitely ways I get my clients to say the opposite. Why am I so wealthy? Why am I so rich? Great question. But mm. why is this happening to me? Why did this happen? And it, and so I was there. I was in that victim mentality for a long time. And then my very first meditation client came along, along, multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And he taught me something that was so powerful. He taught me a question that has transformed everything from wealth, health, energy. And the question was how?
2: Hmm.
0: How do I create more energy? How do I create the right team around me for, to help me with Lyme disease? How can I create even more instant cash flow right now? how can I be a better speaker? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better partner? And that question, open it now opens up a whole new reality. Remember, there's that one moment in time that we live in, now it's multidimensional, mm. right? And so that, for me, around Lyme disease, is I feel like having a deep connection, having a spiritual awareness, and to know that, that it's not over, it's just starting. And to know that everything you've gone through, you get to one day, potentially, to... Learner, and to reteach this and to help other people mm. and that's the fight because then you know like if i'm here to reteach and help other people now it's a sense of community right this is a brother and sister thing now i'm not here this little me trying to win the battle it's, <laughs> it's, it's me fighting for humanity mm. because i want other people to experience it and so i just went to all parts of the globe to try and find how the heck do you get energy, and it's funny because all parts of the globe end up coming to you, and that's, <laughs> when, I, that's when I met Wim Hof, who is an incredible man who's um, on a huge, huge mission to help people be healthy, happy, and strong, um, and I had you know the fortunate chance of meeting him, and I think that was a real catalyst for me. It was a, a validation that yeah, you, yeah, you're on the right, you're on the right path, you know, and so breath work. And understanding to master your nervous system that is where things start to change and so forever grateful that now it's a path of understanding um the it, it's almost like you know we learn how to drive a car right we learn how to use our washing machine we, we know how to navigate a television with hundreds of channels and netflix and gaia tv and all these things but when do we ever master and learn how to drive our nervous system. Mm. And our nervous system's not hard. It has an accelerator, it has a brake, and when you understand these little pieces and um, you learn how to override the autonomic nervous system, that was the game changer for me because now I realize, well, now I'm in control of energy. Mm, I'm in control of my nervous system. And And just having the awareness that everything's okay, you know, it's okay if I have days where it falls back a bit. And so, you know, really learning things like everything affects your emotions your food the food like if i didn't get off the i haven't drunk alcohol for seven years now that helped with inflammation i don't have all the sugars and that that i used to you know but the one thing is in three years since i've been doing the breath work i haven't been sick once never, wow. had, a, never had a cold wow, that's never powerful. gone to a doctor's haven't i haven't done anything and i used to go all the time i used to consistently get these colds and flus and i just go oh it's the season for it no <laughs> bullshit there's been no, there <laughs> there's no season it's just your body right it's your it's your connection to source and so yeah i do get very passionate about the breath work because i think it's something if people started to to, to tap into not only would it help with you know some of the illnesses and that which is now like wim hof is now proving they've done studies of lyme disease what you know some of the things that it can actually start to help with um but also, of course, it's going to help you with business. It's going to help you with money. You know, it, it, it's, it's exciting.
1: It is very exciting. And there's so much there I'd love to dive into. Jeez, um, I'm just trying to think of where I want to start. So I think that you touch on some really important points there just for anyone who is struggling with Lyme disease or any sort of autoimmune issue. Um, and I'm not sure, actually, would Lyme disease... Classify as an autoimmune issue, or would they be separate?
0: Yeah, I believe I believe it is. I'm pretty sure they, they call it autoimmune because it's you know it does affect inflammation and and, and brain and how mm. the nervous system works and the immune system. Um, yeah, I believe it, it it would sort of come under that category. But mm. it, it, but the thing with Lyme disease is people, um, it, it, it's a misdiagnosis that happens. Yes, absolutely. Right? You know, like. Some people think you've got MS, fibromyalgia, psychic issues, you know. I just saw a lady just on YouTube the other day, um, 19 years, over 15 different doctors, 19 years later she found out she's got Lyme disease. Wow. And she said the feeling of knowing what I have, it, it's written down now, mm. and she takes all these different medication and she just, she doesn't care how much it makes her sick. She just is so grateful that she knows what it is, mm. you know, and so, definitely if you if it's something that you're not sure i'd be getting tested and you'd really want to find out um what it is but yeah definitely it would act in 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 similar ways affecting sort of your nervous system your brain your immune system and everything Mm,
1: absolutely and um yeah i think that's something that can be really challenging and a real point of grief for people who are experiencing illnesses like this because it's just like an attack of your entire system, physically, mentally, energetically. And it can be really difficult and devalidating when doctors can't figure it out. Um, I have family members with Lyme disease, so I've witnessed that. And I've had my own health struggles with autoimmune and um, leaky gut and things like that. So I definitely empathize and understand and just want to take a moment to. Um, give that validation to anyone who's listening that it can be a frustrating and difficult journey but at the same time I think something that I'm really hearing from you Trey is that just like everything else in life, one of the biggest takeaways you've had from this is that it really comes down to mastering your mindset as well as your nervous system and the two combined really create for really create a formidable, combination that can allow you to move forward from a place of feeling empowered rather than feeling um, defeated by the experience. And so with that being said, I'd love to dive a little bit more into the breath work. And I know you trained with Wim Hof, you spoke with him. I'd love to hear a little bit about what that experience was like for you and some of the main takeaways from that chapter of your life. Um, I think that Wim Hof and his work is becoming a lot more popular and well known, which is really exciting. And I think that you have had a beautiful opportunity as really being a part of that and experiencing that in such a deep way in your life, and now bringing that out to your your clients and your community and the people that um, cross paths with you. So I'd love to dive deeper into that and just that experience for you.
0: Yeah. What's well um. It's an interesting experience. Like I'd always uh, really admired Wim Hof. He's someone that I'd seen on um, online programs and I thought it was pretty amazing, pretty remarkable. Like some of the things that he had done to see this crusader, um, you know, who had really uh, mastered his his nervous system. And I loved seeing the feats that he had done. You know, I remember watching him you know break some of the the guinness book world records and i'd heard of all the different things he'd done and i loved his passion you know and we um so we my flatmate and i actually started like doing some of his practices and we were teaching a few people down at the beach you know some of the the wim hof sort of the the breathing i'd come from a yoga background so it was similar to some of the pranayama techniques so we kind of just labeled it as some deep pranayama on the beach and people loved it and yeah it just so happened it's so funny isn't it you know when you you're in that alignment and you know you're doing your thing that you're, you're passionate about it's, it, the the energy does sort of come into you and so yeah it was just one of those lucky um aligned sort of situations where yeah Wim was um in Australia and he was coming to the Gold Coast to speak at a seminar here and his team sort of heard about you know what we were doing with the breath work and they they kind of wanted to meet us and, and have a chat and so we helped out at uh, one of the events sort of on one of the prep days and Uh, And then there was a bit of space, and Wim wanted to come over and hang with us and do a bit of surfing. So he was actually sitting where you are right now, and um, you know, Wim's is an interesting guy. You know, when he when you talk to him, he he's there listening, and then all of a sudden he'll just break out into a like a like a hum. He'll just be that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I couldn't work out like what he was doing. Yeah. And this is the beautiful piece where it led to Lyme disease because he said, "Trey." What I'm doing is I'm actually healing my nervous system. Hmm. Every time you breathe out longer, it sends a signal to relax, to be calm. And for him to create and undergo these feats, everything had to be calm. So he's trained his nervous system. This is anyone that could even take this on board now that wants to learn how to calm their nervous system, how to come out of fight and flight, to come into the relaxation response which aligns you deeper with your purpose and your why and what it is you want to manifest. So he's always humming. And I thought it was really interesting. I said, well, what's up with that, you know? And we had a bit of a joke about it. And then he just wanted to know my story. And I told him about Lyme disease. And it was like he jumped in the air. And it was almost like he was pumping his chest. And he's like, Dre, we're going to tell the world about this. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> and he's like, you're coming on stage tomorrow. You, you, you're going to speak about everything. And I was like, what? Like, yes i want to know your story like you know like you you go your meditation all the breath and it, it's helped your lyme disease and, yep all right you're gonna come so yeah i was pretty excited like you know i think for Wim to to ask me to to jump on stage and with him and he came and introduced me and i got to speak to a whole bunch of people and just talk about like you know how the, the breath and all that sort of helped and you know Wim and his team sort of helped um that later that day they, they, they said, Look, why don't we do this this deeper method? It's it's pretty deep, you know, you guys are gonna be ready for it, but if you want to experience it, we take this Himalayan breath, which they call the Timo breath. It's like a circular breath, but uh, you do it laying down and you do it for longer. And we're like, Cool, let's we'll give it a try, you know, and he whims like I call it the, the transformational breathing. So we lay down, we did this breath work and you know, um, Doctor Bart Beermans was there, one of his facilitators, and they took us through. And yeah, it was my first experience of going super, super, super deep. Okay, like I, this was a moment where like my hands cramped up, and I could see like this, I could actually sense visions of, you know, where things were headed for me in life, mm. so, and I, got, I was really emotional, and and you know, when I came out of it, like. Once again, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop crying. And everyone that was in the room, I just ended up just feeling so much love. And I just looked at everyone and I was just there, just, you know, literally just telling them how I felt. And coming from, you know, that, that, I guess that masculine point of view, that wasn't easy to come out of my head and to go into that space where I'm kind of like being that open. And, you know, in that moment, I was like, this is a really, really powerful technique. And you know, I think the biggest thing I got out of having the opportunity of actually sitting with him, um, and also having the opportunity to be asked to, to speak, it was more the fact that I'd had in my past so many challenges around self love, self worth, and validation. And for me, it was almost like a father figure coming in mm. and just looking me in the eye and actually telling me that I'm okay and that you're a good bloke, and what you're doing doesn't need all these qualifications and certifications, wow. and you, you're actually ready to actually do whatever it is you want in your life, and that your Lyme disease is not something that's going to hold you back, and that you'll stop for life. In fact, he'd just laugh, and he would actually just go, right, we could just override the autonomic nervous system like that, and you can do this with your life. And I think in that moment, it's that saying that you know your life is the the sum total of the five people you hang out with, whether it's your energy levels, okay? And I'd say this for anyone, start hanging with people that have got amazing energy, or at least get a team of coaches of people around you to support you. Finances, hang out with five people that are doing well with your finances. And I think in that moment, it was just this huge quantum moment where everything just went, you're okay. This is what you're here to do. And it was just that validation. It was like, yeah, do it. And I think I had always wondered where this deep breath would come from, and I I kind of asked a few questions and realized it had come from the Himalayas, it's a Timo breath, it's about a a heated breath, so he could, you know, go in the ice and transcend um, the nervous system, and so that led me on a path of wanting to know everything I could about um, the breath, and it gave me the confidence to start helping people with this. Um, and so I was so grateful for Wim and then that led me to go to India because I wanted to learn from a real master that mm. had done all the different breath works. I'd heard that this guy in the Himalayas had 18 different Timo breaths um, and he had all these other different ways to, like I said, he would teach you how to um, drive your nervous system. And so that kind of led me to go over to India and, um, and, and yeah, and that I think was probably the real catalyst to help my health and to start really developing a daily practice of breath work that could give me energy, but, but also calm me down to sleep. Mm. Because when I had Lyme disease, I couldn't... I, I really struggled with, say, sleeping, um, and it was something that was really challenging for me. And so to master the two main areas of life, which is the accelerator of the breath, because we do an accelerator breath, but we also do a break breath, which is a calming breath. And when you get your sleep cycles right, and then you get your energy right combined with the right nutrition and the right mindset and to be fully open to to what is and to be very curious, now you you, you are setting yourself up to, to win the game mm. in this space. And that's why it's holistic because you can see there's different pieces. It's like a piece of the puzzle. But when I was back in just that one little piece of why, why me? And then the, you realize there's a whole puzzle Mm, with over 500 pieces and then you get to work out how it's all going to come together so yeah it was it was such a a fortunate um beautiful moment such a beautiful humble man and i'm forever grateful um you know to have that opportunity
2: Mm, absolutely i do
0: believe that you know when the student's ready the teacher appears and i'm sure that you've probably noticed it so many times and so that's the piece of alignment you know, when we we're in alignment, cool little things start to happen like that, and I, you know, so and true. that's the hope that we can all kind of have is, you know, align, you know, be open, be curious, and just watch what little pieces start coming into into your life.
1: I love that. I think there's so much value in there. Everything from, you know, tying in your experience with having somebody see you for your potential and call you forward. That comes back to the looking-glass self theory, and I think that's always just so powerful. Um, The inner child and, you know, starting to notice little bits of where that maybe needed some healing and then coming forward through that and recognizing, I don't need this external validation, I am on my path. And then also the piece about how when you do get into alignment and you continue to move forward in that space, all of the pieces start to come together and I think that's where so many people who are ready for a new chapter in life can sometimes get scared and stuck because we want to know the whole picture and we want to know how things will play out and I think this is where it comes back to releasing that control and just being able to trust and trust that um, who and what is meant for you will come onto your path into your awareness Mm -hmm. and carry you forward. And then i really like those actionable steps that you mentioned for anyone who is on their journey with lyme disease or any other autoimmune really mastering the nervous system mastering your sleep your energy your nutrition and those things combined really seem like a great um you know starting place for anyone who is looking for some steps to help them heal so um just quickly let's go over I know this is a loaded topic, so Mm. we won't go too deep into it, but let's just go over um, some of the food choices that have helped you, as well as, you know, how a person can start to implement or learn a little bit about the breath work Mm. and how to really utilize it to either help them sleep or give them energy. Because I think that those are two things that I see a lot of people struggling with. And, you know, it would be amazing if we could just bring you around to everyone in the world and have everyone experience transformational breath work in person. But, of course, especially with everything going on with coronavirus and whatnot, um, we are not able to do that so what are some ways that people can um, start to access this transformational um, method as well as just the the daily breath practices that can help them master their energy Mm.
0: yeah it's a great you know really good question around around food and it's a big question and you know it's one where i'm definitely not an expert in um, nutrition or anything like that and i think there's definitely no right or wrong answer. And I love what you spoke about before, you talk about intuition or just having having a knowing. And I think that's a big thing and that comes back to awareness, right? And so the more awareness you have, the more sensitivity you're gonna have. And the more sensitivity, then things like say food as an example, then you just start to know what feels true for you or what doesn't. But to, But I can only really explain what works for me and you know, but to keep it more generic you know there's the simple things that we all know about you know but sometimes we know things and we're not doing things <laughs> you know we all go through those sort of periods and i think you know like and it's so cliche right but coming back to a a whole food natural diet and i know that sounds really simple but for me that was one that was pretty challenging because I had been quite the emotional eater mm. from everything I had gone through with um, depression. I found that food was something that was my saving grace, and I found it very hard to give up certain foods. So, but when I did go with more, and I guess I've really got a mum defeat. But this one is, you know, she always talk about just eating intuitively, eating what kind of feels right and. You know, she used to, many years ago when she was six, she always had a diary and she'd write, just kept writing. And she literally created a a diet that worked personally for her. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I had to do. And it it was all trial and error at the start. And so by doing things like meditation and having more awareness, then you can eat food at dinner, wake up and go, how do I feel? Mm -hmm. Maybe have a journal, have a diary, Right. And you intuitively know more than any doctor. You know more than any health coach. You know more than anyone because you're you, and no one else can 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 do you. But there were some real key catalysts that changed the game for me. And one was getting off sugars, mm. right? And I tried many different diets, from you know veganism to vegetarian to meat to paleo to keto and all the different things. And all I can say is you just gotta feel into what feels true for you. But when I got rid of sugars that helped personally just me with inflammation like that was a real big one. Um, and I would also assume other people have had gut issues like me and so you know my digestion has not been great. I've had um, you know and your, your gut really is something I've had to learn a lot more about. definitely no expert but I've realized that my gut affects um, my it's my main brain and so it affects how I think and feel. And so if I'm not absorbing nutrients or if there's anything that's aggravating my gut, mm-hmm not good for anyone autoimmune as you know and so you know i started realizing for me things like grains and legumes and all that sort of stuff stuff is a love pizza (laughs) pasta all that stuff i i had to let it go and then so the once i got rid of that aggravator and some of the sugars and i just started eating a real more plant-based real whole food diet with things that work for me like i said i've done veganism and things like that but just some really beautiful um lean meats that work for me yeah that was a game changer and then also understanding a bit more about intermittent fasting like that was a big thing for me was to start eating more between sort of you know you know 11 a.m in the morning and say 6 p.m in the night and so That really helped having good quality water, like really increasing the water. And then the biggest thing around this is learning how to do cleanses every quarter of the year has been a game changer. So I would do either a juice or a water cleanse, like say every quarter of the year, and just really clean things out, right? Because they're the aggravators as well. And particularly when you're talking inflammation and things like that. Um, But yeah, definitely just like I said, be curious and start being open and being aware with things like your food. Because then that affects your sleep as well. If you're eating at the wrong times, it's gonna affect your sleep. If you're eating the wrong foods, it's gonna affect your moods. And so, you know, for me, I can go from full depression and in a couple of days, just straight back to feeling really clean and very clear. And so that in conjunction, with say the different breath work has been the game changer. And so I'll just, like the question you asked was a really good one about, you know, what sort of breaths can you do? and which ones will energize you, and then also which ones can um, put you into like more of a relaxation response, you know? And so I thought we'd just go over um, some basics and then talk about like how people can actually start implementing this. And I think that would, you know, would would really help because, you know, and we'll we'll keep it pretty simple, but it really just comes down to learning, well, what's an upper, what's a downer, okay? And, you know, there's, there's lots of different breath methods out there. There's so many different things that you can try. But if we just want to keep it really simple, um, you know, they've done studies out there that show that there's times where your heart speeds up. And there's times when, you know, it, it, it's going to go the opposite way. And so our breath is our gateway to mastering our emotions. And our breath is actually the gateway to controlling your brainwaves. Okay. Now, your waves, you've, you've probably heard of the different brainwaves that we can be in. You know, when we're here just talking, you know, we're a brain wave of, let's like, say, beta. You know, the brain's moving pretty quick. Now, you notice when you start to relax and calm down, your thoughts start to calm down. You don't have so many thoughts. And that's where you start to master your mind. And you start coming into, um, you know, I used to work a lot with athletes, and you, you'd, you'd help these athletes to drop into what's called an alpha state, you know. And we can actually create these alpha states, you know. When I work with some tennis players, they'd create a slower alpha state just by um, bouncing the ball. If they breathe and did say seven bounces, they could drop into the alpha. And then we go deep with breath work and we go into say theta and we go into these cosmic realms of manifesting. And so how do we how do we control that? And so when it comes to the breath, like for instance, just by breathing a slower exhalation, completely going to relax you it's like you're putting on the brakes in the car and it's going to completely relax you your nose breathing is very important okay if you can be a nose breather rather than mouth breathing that is really critical as well so just by you know even right now you could practice by you know just taking a, a normal inhalation but just taking a longer exhalation and the way i got proved by wim was when he was doing the, um, the humming so he would be there just hmm and I realized wow so that's a longer exhalation. Okay. So if you just practice longer exhales, a sigh, even just you know, you could be here, do three big sighs, and that in itself is going to to really drop you down. Or my favorite bedtime breath is where you do a small inhale for about three seconds. And then you do a long exhale that goes for about six seconds. There's a whole bunch of other ones I do before breath. And you talked before about yin yoga, there's you know a lot I do there. But just in for three, out for six. And that affects your heart, it affects your brain. And so a lot of people, what they try and do is they try and use their mind to control their mind. And it's not gonna happen. You've gotta control, use your breath, your body to then control the mind. So then it becomes a top-down approach and so the exhale is really important now you hear um, methods like say the wim hof method or people and particularly and this is going to be particularly for people with um that need energy where i had chronic fatigue to to have an energizing breath to actually create more energy then you want to take a deeper breath in with a shorter exhale so you take a deep breath in and when we do different methods. Um, this one can be sort of nose or mouth, even if right now the listeners would just go really, um, like a really deep, longer breath in through the nose and then just a short little one um, out the mouth. So it's just. <sighs> 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 and if you do 10 of those, all of a sudden it's like having a coffee, okay? And so they're just the, the, the basics of having energy and also putting the brakes on so you have like a calming um, approach. Then you come into, say, the methods we're talking about, the transformational breathing. That's, that's really different, okay? We're actually, what we're doing there is we're inducing stress. We're inducing trauma. We're actually creating a space in a safe environment to bring it up so then when you actually pause and um, you do the breath holds, then you actually get to handle stress in a moment where it's challenging. And that's where Wim could master because Wim was had the ability of being in a very stressful situation and actually just dropping in. And that's where you start to, to master the mind. And so the thing is you are putting yourself in a situation where it's pretty crazy and then you get to master that situation. So that's like, I guess it's like a whole new topic. Um, and, and so, you know, how can you um, start to learn, you know, more about breath work, you know? um the great thing now is breathwork is getting so much more popular and so pretty much every city around the world right now would have breathwork classes but i just want you to know when you're going into breathwork when you go into a class that says breathwork or holotropic or transformational breathing or shamanic breathwork i just want you to know that that's not your daily breather that's not your breath that's going to you know particularly be the one that's, just going to, you know, that's going to help you for the rest of everything you're doing, but it is a way of, it's like, you know when you go to, um, say you want to learn to become a race car driver, you, know, you might go to a, a course where they have, um, I heard this recently, where they have you know, water on, on the, the, the ground and, and, and witches hats and you've got to navigate through this course. Well, so you're putting yourself under stress to be a great driver. That sort of breath that puts you under a lot of stress to evoke emotions, to heal your past, to heal your traumas, to release things, to see patterns. It's a beautiful practice if you're ready for it. <clears throat> but if you want to come back and just learn some basic breath, there might be other workshops that could be some yoga breathing or yoga nidra, which is just to learn how to relax, or you know, um, maybe just some some softer, deeper pranayama. you know, I've had clients that have just literally learned how to do belly breathing and it's changed their entire life Mm. just to go from being a mouth breather to a nose breather could change your life just learning how to expand your belly and breathe into the three sections of your lungs can help you to relax and so you've just got to learn how to drive your vehicle start to Mm. learn different breath things um and if people are interested you know i do have there's a a free online program if anyone wanted to jump on and they can they can learn i within the, the free online program they can download straight away there's a Twenty-minute journey on relaxation, and it's basically how to calm the nervous system. <clears throat> and then, excuse me, we have a breath, which is all about the energy, you know, how to actually fire up the energy. Um, and then we have a Himalayan meditation. It's about forty minutes long, so it's more like a, a nidra, which is how to calm different parts of the body so they can get better sleep. So that's available for people if you know they wanted to to jump onto that free program. But the main thing really is um, to, to just make a commitment to get started. And, you know, you can't do it right or wrong. There's no, there's no specific way. Luckily, it's one of these things that you don't need years and years of practice. You could literally learn right mm. now today and you're already on your way. <clears throat> Some things have a long learning curve, you know. Like say surfing, it's like it's a long time to get really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <You> know? <laughs> and there's probably sports that you've done that are really, really challenging. It takes a long time. We all have a mouth you'll have a nose we all have the ability to drop in right now so that's really powerful it's a method that you can you, know, you can use straight away so yeah there's definitely a lot out there but the main thing is just get curious and just start trialing these things
1: mm-hmm. absolutely and thank you so much I think all of that was um, really accessible for people I think sometimes you know, everyone is on a different journey and we don't know where people are at. Some people might be really familiar with breath work. Others, maybe this is new to them. And I think breaking that breath down and really just giving people some bite-sized ideas about the basics of how to start to master your energy and your nervous system is so, so important and really powerful. Um, And I will definitely pop that link in the show notes for anyone who is interested in working with Trey or getting their hands on some of those free programs, they're really powerful, so I'll pop that in there. And it's so interesting that you talk about, um, you know, the difference between transformational breath work and day-to-day breath, and I think that um, it's great that you gave that little disclaimer for people who are seeking out workshops in the area because Um, It's really easy to not really know what you're getting yourself into and they are very, very different. So I know that with some of the transformational breath, you're actually evoking DMT in your own brain, which is so cool. But again, a very different experience Mm. than learning how to master your nervous system in the sense of, okay, this is how I can calm anxiety. This is how I can, you know, allow myself to have better sleeps. This is how I can wake myself up in the morning. And I think especially for people who are dealing with a more sensitive immune system and Mm. they need to be careful with their... Diet it's so powerful to know about these techniques that can give you energy because coffee is one of those acidic foods and again it's different for everyone your own body will respond differently than other people's and there is no Um, I don't want to be creating a dogma here about this is what you should eat, this is what you shouldn't eat, and this applies to everyone because I I don't believe it works that way. But I do think, in general, coffee can be an acidic, inflammatory food. So it's really important for people to start learning other, more holistic approaches to control their energy. So some really good tidbits in there. I would love to do maybe even another episode with you at some point and dive into... um, the rabbit hole of transformational breathwork, because I think that is a whole other topic we could spend ages talking about. And I know that you'd have some really interesting things to share about it. so maybe we'll have to save that for another time. But just for time's sake, I'd love to sort of round up the session by asking you a question that I ask all of my guests, which is what is something that you're doing right now that lights up your soul?
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, because we're just talking about the breath. Um, I, I think one of my passions is like, you know, what the breath can do for people in terms of altered states and heightened awareness when it comes to manifesting so what i'm working on right now is a couple of things but i'm working on a project at the moment that really excites me and it's how do we link our breathing with certain tools to activate our abundance because you know it's something particularly when i started this business was yeah abundance was not something i had a lot of particularly in the in this realm of um autoimmune disease abundance of energy abundance of passion confidence it's not something that i had and so the more i started to um, be in this conscious creator world of like helping people to get moving and get started the common kind of question that comes up is is abundance and, and money and and, and how can I do what I love? Like how do I truly do what I love and get paid and everyone wins and it's a beautiful um, give and receive. And so, yeah, I'm just, I've got a program that's um, coming soon that we're working on and it's called Activate Your Abundance. And it's basically using breath work. Uh, and it's this, the principles that I used to have this, this year, last year that really took off was, I think about a 500% increase in everything that was sort of happening around business. And it's activating, it's using Himalayan practices with a certain geometric code that helps people to attract and align with their highest timeline frequency of conscious money magic and actually help people to allow that to be a part of their world, right? And so we work deeply with breath work. We work deeply with an area of the body that activates the abundance. And once it unlocks and that code unlocks and they practice this thing daily, I find the results um, have been amazing, and so I get really excited. I get really excited for people that um, you know can tap into this kind of a process. And then after that, yeah, I've got some stuff happening um, around all of the energy centers, which is a like a quantum healing practice where each of the energy centers gets a uh, a release or. And unblock you could say and it really frees up I guess conscious entrepreneurs to be seen be heard get their message out there mm. tell their story and, and do it with love and confidence and a freedom and, and passion and so yeah I'm definitely passionate right now to um, release these uh, these projects and to help people to use the breath and to to really to manifest and I do get excited because like I said chronic fatigue was something that was such a challenge and yeah, it's lovely to have energy around this now and to be able to get out there and know that there's things that you can do um, with these practices. Mm. So that's lighting me up at the moment, um, along with a whole bunch of other things. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited to start launching um, yeah, some of these projects.
1: That sounds amazing, Trey. And I am absolutely so looking forward to exploring some of that and watching you launch and release all of that. I'm sure that that will be just really incredible program that i know i'd personally love to take part in so for anyone else who is interested in finding you getting in touch with you working with you in any capacity where can people find you how can they connect with you and i will pop all of these links in the show notes as well
0: yeah yeah well look i love just you know some of the social sort of outlets so if they want to jump on Instagram, um, yeah, come and come and jump on and say hi. So it's just Trey G Williams, T R E Y G Williams, and that would be amazing to have a chat and see you there, or come into the community group which I've got on Facebook where every week we do free breath journeys um, where people can come in, and that's just the Trey Williams community on Facebook. Or if you just want the free program, just jump on the website. So it's uh, TreyWilliams.com.au. And you can download what's called the Calm Kit, which is sort of something I I kind of unleashed unleashed for for COVID and stuff. So yeah, it'd be cool to um, drop in and say, hey, and uh, let me know where you're at, what's going on. And um, yeah, be cool to see you in the virtual world.
1: Amazing. Well, I will definitely put all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on today, Trey. This has been a really fantastic episode. We have covered so much and i'm just so thankful to you for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your wisdom with everyone so thank you
0: yeah well thank you it's been a pleasure and uh, it's really inspiring all the work you're doing so thank you for having me and yeah keep keep getting the messages out there i love
1: it. beautiful and hopefully we'll have you on again soon to dive into some of that transformational breathwork stuff but for now go connect with trey on his platforms if you wish and again thank you so much and we will speak soon Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into this podcast it truly means the world to have individuals that are interested in all of these topics and willing to support small businesses like mine this is an independently run podcast so the more people that are spreading the word the better If you can take some time to give this a five-star review, share it on social media, or send it to a friend that you think would love this podcast, it would mean the absolute world. And if you're interested in connecting with more like-hearted individuals, please feel free to head over to the Facebook group called the Soulful Sessions Podcast Community. You can simply type in in the search bar on Facebook and join the group. Here we will be continuing to add value to your life and connection. Until next time.